Welcome to the sweetest little life where we are connecting the mind, body, and soul for women in business. This podcast is all about releasing the light in you and becoming the divine inner goddess that you were destined to be. I'm Courtney Hansen, and I'm your host, author, influencer, and coach. And I am so excited to hang with you for the next 30 minutes. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. In today's episode, we are talking communication in relationships. So important to have positive communication, and this is something that so oftentimes gets lost along the way. We start missing each other. We start missing the communication. We start taking things personally. We start reacting in fight or flight. And today we are really going deep into how to effectively communicate and how to feel your feelings in a healthy way. I feel so oftentimes we are often told not to feel a certain way or not to behave in a certain way. And so today we are going to dissect every aspect of that and teach you how to communicate effectively and so that you can start to see changes unfold beautifully in the life around you. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest today, Danny. So excited you are on the show today. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you for having me. Yes, I cannot wait for today's conversation. So much juiciness. <laughs> so I would love if we could just kick it off and kind of hear what you do, what sparked your interest in kind of landing in the field that you're in right now. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> Where do I begin? Um, well, uh, my business um, evolves around health, mindset, and relationships predominantly. Um, it's called Darini Yoga, but um, it, it did start with yoga to begin with uh, predominantly. That was sort of the main thing that I um, that I kind of ventured down that path. Um, I've worked in education for years and years and years. Like I've got 15 years of just working in tr- like training and educating. And then, but then my studies were mostly all health related and psychology related. So I kind of ended up combining the two um, over the years. So from focusing on teaching yoga, teaching meditation, now I'm I'm kind of just in this field of, uh, how do I even, what do I even call it? Like growing as humans, mm-hmm. like from a, not just looking at the physical health, but also mindset and well-being and raising our consciousness, <laughs> awakening. So, um yeah, it's 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 been very interesting. Where I am now and how I've gotten to here has also had a lot to do with my own personal growth, um, digging into my own personal beliefs, um, emotional patterns, and you know, I had no idea what type of patterns I had until I had to take a, <laughs> uh, a sort of a deep, deep look at myself and go, "Oh my God, you're doing that. You're creating that." Uh, mm-hmm. What I was thinking and doing and feeling, I was just creating more of the same crap. <laughs> if you excuse my my word, I, I literally didn't realize that I was doing it myself. So when I went through sort of healing and looking at how to change some of those patterns and how to change some of those beliefs, then I started seeing how I can actually create more beautiful things. And the way just the way your podcast is called The Sweetest Little Life literally comes back to that. (laughs) Yes, I know. 
it's it's really fascinating when we start to go inward and we're like oh my god like I am the problem not everyone else around Mm. me that's annoying me oh yeah (laughs) and then you go oh oh. it (laughs) was me all along (laughs) I was the most toxic element (laughs) danger the relationships that we attract or the situations we attract and all that kind of stuff even health I mean because for me it began largely related to health Mm. uh studying to see how the body what happens in the body and why and you know what we could do to improve our health um but then it's just gotten so it's gotten so much further than that oh Um, absolutely so powerful when I first became on the spiritual path I same thing was you know I feel like we all have that duality right so in order to be light Mm -hmm. we have to go through some darkness that cues us on this right in our journey and <laughs> yeah, like everyone has it, right? You're not, you're not just waking up one day and going, I'm love and light. Like you have to go I through some it all out. <laughs> serious shit. Yeah. And it's yucky. Yeah. It's not the sexy part of spirituality that everyone sees. Oh, not at all. <laughs> and so I love that. Like I, and I was the same way. Like when I first came on the path to awakening, it was like, mm-hmm. I needed to know the, cause I was raised very, very religious, like fire brimstone, right? And so in my mind, I had to literally kind of dismantle every single piece of it. And I wanted to go on more, like, I wanted to know, like, scientifically, like, okay, if I'm doing this, what is this doing at a cellular level to my body? When I'm doing this, what is happening to my DNA? And when I started really studying just deep into every aspect of every practice, I was like, mind blown I could not Mm. even believe I'm like we can rewire ourselves like this is crazy why is this not being taught in elementary school oh god yeah definitely why isn't it and also for me because I've worked in education for so long you know when you when you really think about the fact that people are not taught how to communicate well and effectively how to manage their emotions because we all experience things you know throughout our lives and if we don't know how to deal with those things what the heck are we learning all the other stuff at school for because you know, it comes to a point where managing to communicate well with someone and, and, you know, get your point across or managing a really difficult emotion becomes so much more important than, you know, I don't know, getting a PhD in physics or maths or <laughs> which, of course, are really important and relevant and useful, too. But yeah. there are times when they actually become completely irrelevant and the other stuff that's so relevant and sometimes crucial to survival, we don't get to study. I just I would love to change the whole system and make those compulsory <laughs> yes oh my gosh From I gotta tell you this story so mm-hmm. last night my my son he's like in the tween stage right and so he likes to listen to music that has some naughty words in it and he had come to me and he had asked me recently he was like mom can I listen to these songs there's some bad words in them and I was like you know what like I don't want to be that parent that's like you can't listen to that and you know Mm. then they go listen to it behind my back so I was like because you asked me and um because it's semi-appropriate and it's words that you've already heard um you can listen to it however if I hear you saying any of those words I will immediately take all your music away because he's really into music And so last night I had failed to communicate with my husband that I had told him that. So he was downloading a song. (laughs) Yeah. uh Uh-huh. And so he was downloading a song and it had some naughty words on it. And my husband was like, no, you are not listening to this. Like, why? Like, what are you talking about? And my son Mm -hmm. came back with why you say the words every day. 
And I was all, oh, burn. And, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, though, like, through all this, right? So me and my husband talked about it. And, like, we came to, like, a a mutual Switzerland agreement here. But what (laughs) came to my mind was that, you know, when we're kids, we are such mirrors, right? I mean, like, we were born with these amazing communication skills. Like, from when we're itty-bitty, like, we're hungry, we cry. We need to be held, we cry. Like, we are born with these gifts of communication. And as we get older, it's like don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. And so we start to form these beliefs and mold into this person where we lose ourselves and we lose that communication skills. Mm-hmm. So last night I was almost beside myself when he said that. Cause I'm like, I'll be, I'll be damned. Like the, the fact that you can point that out and call him on that when, you know, mm-hmm. mo- most adults wouldn't be able to pull that together, you know? Oh, gosh, and you, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you hear parents all the time that are like, oh, my kid's going to be a lawyer. They have such good negotiation skills. And it's like, yeah, because we're born with them, but we lose them mm-hmm. along the way. And for some reason, it's not reiterated. It's not taught to maintain communication. So we become mm-hmm. these adults that can't communicate and keep just missing each other. Yeah, I totally relate. I have a four-year-old nephew who I feel at the moment is like the biggest teacher to many other adults in mm-hmm. the family because he's also, like you say, you know, the kids, kids, I feel like all kids in general have a very good way of expressing themselves and they're not, they don't hold back. Like when he's sad, he, he cries. When he's angry, he actually, he's even so good at actually verbalizing it. He just says, I'm angry, like just literally very simply in those words. And I, I adore it. I just sit back and I, I, I love seeing and listening to him uh, express himself. However, I do notice others react differently. And I can see why, because I would have reacted like that before too. But nowadays, I'm just so impressed by him. I admire him crying and screaming. I'm, you go for it. You do it. You be yourself. And I just, like, all I want to do is support him 100% in, like, being himself because that's what he's he's doing he's just literally being fully himself expressing all of himself including the good and the bad emotions but as soon as someone understands why he's feeling this and then you know you can kind of talk to them about it and resolve it pretty quickly but you know the other side of it is when someone doesn't understand and then they say don't cry don't shout because that's inappropriate it's again you know we start suppressing this and it's just so sad because it happened so much Mm, and I've yeah. literally been reflecting on that so much lately. And I'm like, oh, the difference between conscious parenting versus, uh, if I can call it unconscious parenting, where we're just not necessarily aware of what's going on. And so many of us, I mean, myself included, we're brought up in a way where the parents are not necessarily aware of what's really going on. Like, and the importance of allowing the child just be fully themselves. And then 20, 30, 40, 50 years later, we're that child who can no longer fully communicate. And then we have to reverse and, you know, <laughs> remove all the layers. So it's just, it's just, it just amazes me so much. Yeah. It really does. Um, but yeah. I would. The age when they need to be like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I would love if we could talk today just about communication in general, because I feel so mm. often, whether it's, you know, oh gosh, I have to share this. I heard this the other day and I was like, <laughs> I love this. So, right. So, <laughs> sh- so ships, right. Ships are um, always like going to somewhere. Right. So ship is always traveling. Yeah. And it was uh-huh. like, 
um, so any relationships, a relationship, partnership, friendship, they all end in ship, meaning they're all going somewhere. So if they're not going somewhere, then they're not, you know, it's a, it's not there. And I was like, I love that. I've never put that correlation together. Wow. I love it too. That sounds amazing. Yes. So, but I think so often in our ships, right, we miss each other. Mm -hmm. Whatever that relationship looks like for you, there's so many times where there's something you want to say, but you're scared of how the person will react or, you know, guys' brains work differently than ours' brains do. And so being able Mm -hmm. to come together in a mutual state can be very difficult. And I feel like a lot of people don't allow themselves grace in this. Like we are just supposed to have these great communication skills. And so oftentimes we have no idea how to communicate what we need or what we want. Yeah, I do. I do agree. (laughs) Unfortunately, it happens so much. Um, For me, I'd like to say that I had awful communication skills. (laughs) Same. And (laughs) <laughs> but I didn't think I was bad at communicating but because at work or at school or in a kind of a professional environment, you know, I was able to express myself and then also teaching. And as, as a teacher, you have to know how to structure things and organize things. So I always thought, oh, I'm excellent at this. However, when it came to relationships, I didn't realize that I really just was a mess. And it was more, again, to do with, like you said, not knowing how the other person will re- would respond or not wanting to be um I don't know rejected in a way in some way or not wanting to hurt them like what I what my one of my patterns was avoiding conflict Mm. I hated conflict I would be like oh no if I say that that might cause a fight so I better say nothing (laughs) so I used to just say nothing and I remember I was with this guy for like we were together for nearly a decade like eight and a half nine years and for the bulk of that relationship which could have turned into an amazing relationship. I mean, it was. It had a lot of amazing, like it overall, it was, it was an amazing relationship. But the, when things when things got tough, <laughs> I really now I can I can look back on it now and go, oh my god, if I only knew then <laughs> what I know now, in terms of how I could have expressed myself. Like I hadn't a clue. I was just so. Uh, I don't even want to say innocent. Just maybe partially also ignorant. Mm-hmm. And I guess it happened because it was meant I was meant to go through that process and I had it had to get harder until you know to kind of shake me to really learn but um just examples where maybe something was upsetting me about how he was being or not being or what he was doing or saying or whatever and I used to just say nothing I'd keep my mouth shut (laughs) and but here's the other weird thing and this I think a lot of women do this is that I was expecting him to just know I expected him to read my mind. Yeah, that's for their him job. To figure right? it out <laughs> and then fix it. The problem that he didn't even know existed, which existed in my head. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, he hasn't fixed it yet. So then I would get even more like resentful. <laughs> and poor guy had no idea what was going on. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, fast forward many, many years later, I, um, this other relationship I was in in kind of more recent years is where things really started to click for me because I realized that I had to take a a hard look at myself and how I was communicating and that it did come down to understanding certain emotions and being able to go, okay, I feel this, therefore I must say it because if I don't, they won't know. And if I don't say how important it is to me, how on earth is he supposed to know that this is important to me? You know, Mm. um, 
so anyway, this this particular relationship is what actually changed so much for me. Like it had gotten me to a point where I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore. And I remember one time we were talking about something. It wasn't even an argument. It was it was a conversation. And he had said something to me and I was thinking, right now in this moment, you are breaking absolutely every single belief I thought I had that I thought was me. My whole mind was just kind of like half exploding. Like I literally felt like everything in my brain was breaking. I was like, who am I? (laughs) It was just so intense. And I was like, I had such like sort of um, set beliefs about how things should be like a certain way that things should be. And whatever way he, I guess he was mirroring all my crap to me really, really well, um, Mm. which I I loved and hated him for at the same time. But um, when he, whatever he had said at the time, I thought, actually, shit, he's right. And I hate it. But it just literally made me go, oh, my God, I have to reflect. And like, I had to break all the other stuff that I had held on to for so long, so rigidly. And in that moment, it was like all the beliefs were crashing and breaking right in front of me. And I was like, I, I don't know what to do with this. Ah! <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was that was a, a kind of a, a deep, dramatic moment. But that after that, things really, really slowly, but still slowly, but surely, surely, but slowly, whatever. <laughs> slowly, but surely, uh, started clicking into place. So that's, that's definitely been um, significant yeah discovery (laughs) yeah no absolutely so what would you give advice wise for someone that's really you know we can stick to relationships because I think that's really common um but you know if they're not getting their needs better if they're expecting people to uh you know kind of meet them where they're at but they don't even know where they are at and I feel like Mm. a lot of times too we go into yeah. that fight, flight, or fuck response where it's, you know, like, <laughs> I'm going to run away because this is uncomfortable or I'm going to fight you and I'm going to push you away so you run away and then I can blame you for it. Mm. Yeah, and those are not necessarily very healthy reactions. Toxic, and... right? <laughs> Completely toxic, yeah. And it's it's also painful to the other person. But I, what I've learned mostly through my own experiences because some of them are really painful and I I really feel that I was so stubborn that I wouldn't have learned any other way Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, where I was sometimes punishing the other person and Mm -hmm. it was because I was so hurt and that's what we do we're we're hurt and we don't know how to communicate the pain in a way that's not attacking the other person that is not um I've spoken to some people about this recently some males and females people that I also know close close to me in my life there's one couple in particular who had been going through some troubles in their relationship and like the guy actually had literally come up to me and he was like Danny just please talk to her talk some sense into her I don't know do whatever you need to do but just fix her (laughs) that's literally what he said to me and I was like I could feel his pain but she she wasn't relating to his pain. For her, it was just like, he doesn't get me. He's not giving me anything I want, anything I need. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm just going to leave him and just quit. Because, you know, they're married. They have, they have a kid. And she was just, like, losing it. But, mm-hmm. like, me, also being a woman, woman to woman, I understand what she's going through as well. And I know how our female brains work. So I was like, I get you. But you are actually not understanding him at all because he's going through pain, too. Yeah. And um, anyway, just but the example with the two of them, like we went through a few things and I was telling him like, OK, so this is 
I don't know. To me, it was really obvious what he needed and it was really obvious what she needed, but they just couldn't see eye to eye. Um, so we actually had some conversations together between the three of us and they got to a point where they were like, oh, <laughs> um, it's like yeah, we have to drop. You have that aha so, moment, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. And that is like when we see things only from our own perspective and then the other person's perspective doesn't matter, it sort of comes from this place of selfishness and um ent- a little bit of entitlement also like the person I would like to suggest probably has been through a lot of pain themselves and it's just it's it's like those unmet needs it it makes it harder for us to even be bothered by what the heck the other person wants or needs because we feel so incomplete and so unsupported or unloved and um that it's hard to communicate well in moments like that. Yeah. However, <laughs> it's so important to actually say it in a healthy way where the person can actually get us, uh, give us what we want. Because if, if we're male or female, it doesn't matter, demanding and attacking and punishing or like, you know, calling them names or, or threatening and giving ultimatums, do this or else I'm out, I'm gone forever. That's not really likely to inspire the person to actually go, okay, fine. You know, let's let's find a solution. Let's compromise. Let's meet in the middle. Um, mm. So I, I think that's yeah. where the love languages really come into play as well, because mm. when you can understand what makes someone tick and what makes someone mad, what makes someone feel love, you can yeah. then come at it from an approaching way. So if mm. you know someone is gifts and the other person is touch but the gift uh-huh. person doesn't like to be touched and you like to be touched so you're always touching the gift person and they're like get away from me you know you're gonna miss yeah. each other and it's gonna come across that they're mad at you or they hurt your feelings and then you know our secondary emotion is anger and it just snowballs right and it becomes this just repeating pattern of you know like here's a little snowball it's gonna get a little bigger it's gonna get a little bigger we're gonna just roll it all the way down the hill Versus really like taking a step back. And I think one of the biggest things for me in communication has been in any relationship, whether that's, you know, people who work for me or friendships Mm -hmm. or my husband or my kids, it's really being able to stop myself and not feel the need to immediately react because that's what I do is I immediately emotionally react. And so Mm. when I can quiet down and just take like a second and even allow myself, yeah, even allow myself to say like, I have to think about that or give me just a second. Like you are allowed to communicate that and give yourself a second so that you're not reacting in the same pattern. And eventually relationships start to just unfold. Even if the other person is not willing to change certain things, once you start changing, you change the full dynamic of things, right? And I think one of the corniest, but so true, I love this, is we, um, you know, like we can either react or pro- proact, right? So like when we yeah. are ahead of time planning out, you know, like I'm going to take a second, I'm going to allow myself this, like no one can make us feel a certain way, right? Like we mm-hmm. immediately gain that control in the situation when we do that. We're not coming mm-hmm. from an emotional ego state of, oh, you hurt my ego, it's oh, something happened, like, how can I help you right now? And just really checking yourself into that place of serving because no one in your life wants to, like, hurt you. And if they do, they shouldn't be in your life. 
But <laughs> I mean, your family, friends, things like that. So sometimes when you can just take a step outside of the circle, it really is life changing mm-hmm. for everyone that's playing a role in the dynamic. Definitely. Definitely. I completely agree with that, that if one person works on balancing their own emotions, stepping back, leaning back, whatever it is in the moment that mm. or, or healing or that that can shift the dynamics. And it literally this is actually one thing that I, I remember learning from a from a coach years ago. Um, that when one person heals, they heal, They begin healing everyone else around them. It's like this ripple effect of when mm-hmm. we're no longer uh, re- reacting in a dramatic way, they don't. They no longer have the need or the reason to, to almost, you know, have th- say those things that were triggering before because they don't get the same um, response anymore. Their re- or reaction, so they just they just kind of stop doing it too. So it's so interesting. I like absolutely love this. <laughs> I love this topic. Yeah, I do too. I know one of the biggest things um, in my own healing journey, and I'll share this just because I it was really life-changing for me. Yeah. I had a very hard time um, controlling myself. And me and my husband went through a rocky phase, like the verge of divorce. I had an affair. Like it was a rough go. We both needed extreme healing, um, but we were just in this dark, dark, dark place. And we could not communicate to save our lives like any even talking turned into this like huge volcano explosion of a fight and so what we did what I had um, a coach and what she had me do and this was seriously life-changing and it seems so simple when you say it out loud but when you are in the moment and you do this it is crazy what comes out and what you realize about yourself so he would piss me off somehow some way and instead of (laughs) reacting I would go lock myself in my room And I would write him a fuck you letter, right? Like angry, (laughs) angry fuck you letter. And uh, yes. And when I, and so then I would, (laughs) I would calm down, right? All the things that, because a lot of times when we just write it down or when we say it out loud, it takes the power out of it, right? Yeah. yeah. So then we Mm -hmm. don't no longer feel the need to say it. So one, I was not saying it to him. I was writing it down and then burning it. And two, the big thing, burn it. Ladies, burn it, burn it all down. Don't save them. Don't keep it there until you Don't find it later. Don't save them. So, but what, and then the reverse side of it was I would have to write a letter back as if I was him to my fuck you letter out of compassion. And the, this is where the aha moments come in. So when I was writing the letters back, I was realizing I was so hurt. I was in so much fear of him leaving me because I had major abandonment issues before my healing um, from past wounds, my parents and stuff like that. But being able to identify these things on like, okay, whoa, I'm pissed because you said this one comment and what did that do? That hurt my ego. That made me feel unwanted. That made me this, that made me that. Mm-hmm. And what it did is it turned the mirror that was pissing me off back to me. And I was able to be like, holy shit balls. I am toxic. Like there are so many changes that I need to make. So I started doing this mm-hmm. with every relationship in my life that pissed me off. Now, the flip side of this is you're really going to realize who's toxic in your life and where you're toxic, right? And so you you get really clear on who needs to be in your life and who doesn't need to be in your life, unfortunately. So this work is really deep and really powerful, but when you are able and ready to do it, and it's a form of shadow work as well, but 
when you're able to really dive into it, it's, it's amazing to be able to identify, you know, the character traits that you need to change in yourself. And when you can change yourself, like you were saying, it's a ripple effect. Everyone around you is going to start reacting Mm -hmm. differently. And before you know it, you have peace and it's no more drama. It's no more chaos. And you get comfortable with the peace instead of comfortable in the chaos, which so many of us, that's our comfort zone is that chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The addicted to drama thing, yes. which we don't realize is a thing. And, you know, it is, it is definitely something we can get out of. Again, it's just patterns that we can change. Like for me, one of my big patterns was, um, I think for years and years and years, I was disconnected from my anger. I was more likely to just cry. Mm-hmm. Like if someone was upsetting me, I didn't even know that I it was making me angry. I didn't even realize that I could get angry because when I was young, I wasn't allowed to be angry. I wasn't allowed to shout, raise my voice, scream, whatever. So, you know, you don't realize, but years later, you're still suppressing that. And I also know a lot of other women who just, they don't really just get, they don't get angry. They're nice. They're too nice. They're polite or people pleasers or, you know, stuck in other patterns where they're just, they're not fully able to express themselves. But I didn't realize that I was one of these people too. I was like, oh, I'm super healthy and I communicate great and really well. And then when I realized that I hardly ever got angry. And when I did get angry, it was just explosive and really difficult to control. So my 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 first thing that I would turn to was sadness and tears. And I was just, I don't know, like, you know, my parents called me a crybaby. And I didn't realize that why why was I being this crybaby? Why why? You know, someone else in an argument or disagreement or conversation where they don't agree with something, they are, you know, they're able to get angry or raise their voice. And I was just doing the opposite. (laughs) So work through a lot of that. And now I love getting angry (laughs) because I'm so grateful that I can connect that easily. And I don't even switch into like just crying easily. I mean, I, 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 of course, I cry still. I, you know, I go through all my emotions, but I don't switch to the sadness first. I actually go through the anger first and I'm like, wow, this is so cool because I am angry. Therefore, I should allow that feeling to surface, feel it, go through it and then, you know, let it be released. Mm. And it's just, I love it. I love that (laughs) you said that. I feel so powerful when I get angry. I'm like, yes, go girl, you get it out. (laughs) Yes. You know? Yeah, I think a lot of women like who don't get angry very often are the ones that are probably most disconnected with their anger and actually need to sometimes get angry. Yeah. And, and I, maybe the other, you know, I, others who don't cry probably need to connect with the version of themselves that I think sits there and cries. Yeah. And I <laughs> think know? it needs to be more normalized too. I mean, mm. especially with social media, I mean, we see what people want us to see, right? So we see the happy moments. Sometimes mm. people show a vulnerable cry moment, you know, like, and that's that's great but like very rarely do you see anything about anger and i think it really needs to be normalized that sometimes you need to go scream in a pillow or punch a pillow and you're pissed off and like it's okay to be pissed off like that is a natural emotion state and i think society we have really made it like oh it's bad oh you do not know how to feel angry like as long as you are managing your anger in a healthy environment and in a healthy way it's healthy yeah I, I agree I was just gonna add that as well when we when we know how to manage in a, in a healthy way it's totally okay and it needs to be felt 
I, I guess maybe the society ha- kind of pushes the the toxic anger version and therefore it's suppressed because oh it can get dangerous and really bad. Yeah. Yes, maybe the extreme version is is something that needs to we don't want to go there. But like for me, if I if I you know get angry, I go out and exercise. I like I basically work it out. I move. I walk. I I would go for a long walk, like for a few hours until I feel like it's out of me, and then then I'm fine. You know. Um. But yeah, definitely like doing in a healthy way absolutely yeah. <laughs> crucial yes yes don't go punching people <laughs> no 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 <laughs> no punishing like, others either that's not podcast and they said no oh, no healthy ways so what are your <laughs> you know i think this is really valuable for people what are your top three healthy ways to feel your anger mm-hmm. all the way through what are some things that you do to really get it out mm-hmm Great question. Okay. So um, one of the things that I also would do is journal or like you said, you, you would have written letters. So something equivalent to that and writing it out or to be honest, what I've also done a few times uh, is I would record a message because sometimes like, I just want to go for a walk mm. and I don't feel like writing or typing. I'm like, oh, no, I'm too furious. I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> so in moments like that, what I do is I send voice messages to myself. So like no one else gets it, no one else gets to hear it or gets upset by it. So there's no intention of punishing or hurting anybody else. But it just comes out of my system. So I I actually just speak it out through these little voice notes to me, <laughs> which may sound silly, but no, it works that's genius. magically to me. <laughs> yes, I love. So that. either either voice voice uh, recordings to myself or written form or exercise. They're kind of probably the main thing. Sometimes talking to a friend, but to be honest with that. Uh, I would only converse about these things with people who I feel like either are on their like deep healing path or have already gone through a lot and are more conscious mm-hmm. because they'll understand that, you know, like the healthy versus unhealthy patterns. Otherwise, it's just Otherwise, gas on the fire. No, yeah, I don't go there because then they multiply, they make it worse. And they're like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't tolerate that person. But it could be just something simple where it was miscommunication or, you know, boundaries not being set clearly. So I, I don't I don't venture down that path anymore. I like I really try and avoid that yeah. <laughs> wherever possible. So um, yeah, expressing it verbally in written form or like physical movement that that would be my my three things. Like, mm, I love that physical movement is so powerful too. Or even just being outside, like just there's something yeah, very magical true. about just feeling the sun on your skin and being able to mm. just breathe. Yeah, definitely. Breathing, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Well, yoga, you also do yoga. So yes. yeah, yoga, stretching, breathing, all of those. I just kind of put them in the physical category. But um, any of the above. Absolutely. <laughs> definitely. Oh. definitely. Well, I could talk about this for five hours and I know you could too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but so where, if the so audience sure. wants to connect with you directly, ask certain questions, yeah. where can they find you? Where's your hub spot? The main place where I could be found and where I sort of hang out most, so to speak, on, online would be my Instagram page. And um, I actually, at the moment, I, I, I'm i doing a boundaries event next week, which is just crazy timing. Love because it's, that. it's all about, I know, it's just, it's like, I love how things, the synchronicities of the universe are just always like mind blowing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like to pick this topic and then just all of it is just connect so beautifully. But yeah, it's it's very much about communication and emotions and how we can communicate in a healthier way and set boundaries without hurting hurt, hurting others and um, without being mean and 
um, bitchy comes to mind. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's not about punishing, but about, lo- you know, l- loving and kind boundaries, but to still say, hey, no, I don't like that. I don't, I will not tolerate that. However, from a place of, uh, from a loving place. So, um, yeah. So Instagram is, is best place to find me, ask me questions. Yeah. Just... And what is your Instagram? It's Darini Yoga, D-H-A-R-I-N-I. Perfect. Um, and I'll put it in the show notes for everyone too. But okay. if you're cool. impatient until the show notes come out, now you have it and you can connect. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank- yeah, and they can ask me all sorts of great questions. I'm okay with everything. <laughs> and I love my relationships in particular. <laughs> yes, yeah, so powerful. And I feel like that's a really great starting point because when you can change the immediate things in your life you know I one more corny little phrase but I love um you know like if you want to change the world first fix the walls within your home and it's just so true when you fix your family and you fix yourself and you fix your close relationships everything else the synchronicities the opportunities Mm. things just start to flow into space yeah definitely and also Maybe if I can add in line with that, the the feminine and masculine energies Mm. within and in the world around us, and especially in relationships, the dynamics, it's just the more I've been digging into that, the more my mind is blown every single day because it's just so connected to everything that we do. And oh, (laughs) it's so important. Yes, absolutely. And definitely worth researching. Well, thank you so much for your time today. You are so amazing. And I will definitely be in touch. Beautiful. I look forward to it. All right. Have a wonderful night, Danny. Thank you, too. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave a comment of any questions you would like answered in future episodes. I am so excited to be involving everyone in the audience and answering your specific questions each episode with the guests that can answer it best. Love you guys all so much. Love and light.